0: hello and welcome to movie club with john and becca i am john i'm becca and we are here to bring you a special broadcast (laughs) a last minute recording idea we have not watched a single movie that we wanted to talk to you guys about but we just had kind of a specific idea Uh, we've
1: actually watched a couple we have and then we didn't record the podcast about them yeah that's true but then this happened (laughs)
0: We could talk about literally everything, but the, the, the main thing that we were just having um, a huge uh, conversation about mm-hmm. was, I guess, when it all comes down to it, separating the art from the artist. That's what I was just thinking of, mm-hmm. separating the art from the artist. But, but um, okay, to give everybody a quick uh, rundown on where we are mentally, <laughs> we watched A Quiet Place tonight mm-hmm. uh, for the first time really good movie
1: yes like a
0: really good movie very effective Mm. should win an oscar for sound design oh my god holy shit
1: at the very least Mm
0: Mm-hmm. so uh recommendation if you haven't seen a quiet place Mm -hmm. go see it um rent it whatever yeah it's 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 crazy good it's 90 minutes long every single movie (laughs) Every single movie should be 90 minutes long I
1: firmly believe that God
0: damn it I mean like can you
1: I was thinking afterwards, like, can you imagine if they had shoehorned it an extra 30 minutes?
0: We would no. Have seen, it would like, have been a worse movie.
1: The aliens home planet we would have met a bunch of other characters that M- a wouldn't bunch of characters developed.
0: Yeah. yeah I was even thinking like as it got to the end, I'm like, oh, is it over already? Yeah, like shit, and then it was over. I'm like that was a that was a tight 90 minutes that was yeah. a well it was under 90. It was a, I mean, I don't know. Most movies should be 90 minutes. Tarantino, you get a pass. Yeah. Cooper gets a pass. (laughs) A couple people get passes. (laughs) I guess Godfather, whatever. Um, Okay, so then we saw A Quiet Place. How did we start talking about Amite Shyamalan? I
1: started talking about how I was immediately struck by how much A Quiet Place was science. Yes. That's and right. for me, that was not a problem because mm-hmm. I love signs, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's a controversial opinion or if it only is in this household. Um, but I loved A Quiet Place, yes. not taking anything away from it. But a lot of the plot was beat for beat, some of the shit that happens in signs. So it's like... Oh, this is like another movie that I like. Cool, neat. Which I didn't even um, think and about. Then I brought until it up, and then John lost it, yeah. his entire mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I guess you could say I lost my entire mind.
1: You yelled a lot.
0: Yeah, I've been yelling a lot for the last <laughs> thirty minutes. Ever since we stopped watching *A Quiet Place*, it
1: didn't. It didn't occur to you that like kind of isolated family. And there's aliens, and they don't know why there's aliens. And then some quirky, not quirky, but some specific characteristic about the girl child is yeah. what defeats said aliens. Yeah,
0: no, it didn't at all.
1: I was like, oh, okay, I guess
0: it we're did. Do you win this? It didn't again. at all, which <laughs> I guess points away from a quiet place. <laughs> but like, no, I'm. Well, I mean, the 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 sound aspect of a quiet place is really what makes that movie the The idea of like, you can't make any noise. Yeah, that's what that's what gives a lot of the attention to that movie. Mm. And we were even saying like um, right in the beginning of the movie, how effective it already was. Like literally like ten minutes of that the movie. First scene. Like, like holy the first shit.
1: Five minutes. Like the cold open, the basically. Store. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: basically the cold open of the movie, like uh, Quiet Place. And then I, I was saying that my favorite horror movies of recent memory have been It Follows and Get Out. Mm-hmm. Both movies that are basically like high concept horror movies, because it's shit that no one's done before. Mm. It follows, I think, might be the best horror movie to last like decade, maybe more. Like that's probably a little controversial, but that's my that's my personal. I'd have opinion. to look at a list. <laughs> <I'm, Yeah. laughs> I
1: don't see. I get so uncomfortable ranking things in general. Yeah,
0: but well, yeah. it follows is fucking amazing. It follows is fucking amazing. If it's not like you know, if it's not like someone's favorite, like, oh the best mm. horror movie of the past decade or whatever. It has to, like, get up into, like, the top yeah. three, maybe. It's it's such a good concept. It's mm. so well executed. It, like, it builds dread and tension in, like, almost every frame in that fucking movie. And it's also probably, like, 90 minutes long. Um, but.
1: But that's not what we're talking that's about. That's not what
0: we're talking about. Oh, boy. I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> so, we're talking. <laughs> Talking about A Quiet Place, and then we were talking about M. Night Shyamalan. And I was basically trying to, I guess, defend why I don't like signs or explain why I don't like signs. Um,
1: I. I, The reason you don't like signs is not that. Strange of a reason. I mean, I've heard it before. I feel like the main reason I hear is why would the aliens come to a planet that's mostly that's made mostly of water, water if they can't stand water? But With, we don't yeah. know why the fuck they came here. They Which, could yeah. have crash landed here. Like,
0: like I like like I, I said, like that that didn't bother me. Like that wasn't a thing I thought of yeah. when I saw signs of what like one of those fucking internet plot holes of like, oh well, why did you know in the Dark Knight mm-hmm. uh, all the Joker's. Entire plan is built on coincidence. It's like, well, I wasn't thinking that when I saw the movie because it's a really well-made movie.
1: I just think Batman could have saved a lot of lives if he just killed the bad guys, but whatever. (laughs) Um, One of these
0: days we need to have an entire episode about why Becca thinks Batman is bad because he doesn't murder everybody.
1: I see, and that is not that uncommon of an opinion now either. (laughs) I know it's not. He could have prevented so many deaths, but anyway. Anyway. Um... So, your big qualm with signs is the religious aspect. Yes. And this is what started us down a rabbit hole. Well, yes.
0: Because
1: um, I fully recognize that it's there. It's pretty goddamn ham-fisted about it. But it's something that I was always able to tune out. And yeah. the parts of that movie that were effective for me outweighed, you know, Mel Gibson putting his little collar on at the end. Or like, I
0: don't even remember that part, like him putting know. the collar on. The like at the end, is, see, he, is that, he putting the collar on, back on because he's like, I'm a priest again? Like yeah. I got my faith back? Yes.
1: Ugh. Yeah. See, it's it feels like a lifetime movie. To me yeah. I'm like, that's gross, but whatever. Like so Joaquin Phoenix is so good. Little girl's so good.
0: There, there's two things going against my enjoyment of signs, which I mm-hmm. like as, as we're talking about it. I'm, like, realizing. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never, like, sat down with a thinking, like, why don't I like Signs? Yeah. And then, and, and then also specifically, like, with uh, another movie that we were talking about, Mother, mm-hmm. um, directed by Darren Aronofsky. I don't know if it was written by, I guess it was probably written by him. I should look that up.
1: Your phone's right there.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, there, there's, like, two specific things going against my dislike of Signs and Mother that I'm realizing tonight as we're talking about this. Which, number one, is something that I feel like is out of my control, which is my Catholic upbringing. (laughs) It's like, I was raised Catholic, I went to Catholic school for 13 years. Kindergarten through 12th grade. So basically, like, up until my 17th year of life, I was hammered over the head with Catholicism, and Jesus died for your sins, and every, like, religion. And I have a hard time... When I'm like watching a movie that has those overtones and wh- where it feels to me like it's hitting me over the head with that kind of stuff. I have, as I was telling Becca earlier, I have a visceral reaction of basically like, fuck you. <laughs> where I'm like, I, I did my time with this. Like, I don't need to sit for another like two hours and like watch a movie where you, you're you telling me the same shit I was told for 17 years. And then there's, an- there's another weird layer Which I was kind of interested by in our discussion, which is separating the art from the artist. Where I have like baggage that I'm bringing to this um, movie—baggage of M. Night Shyamalan or baggage of Darren Aronofsky. Oh my god! Our cat, our cat pancakes, is screaming in uh, agreement with me.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But anyway, I'm going to look this up ben, and you go.
1: Okay. On. Um, I just thought of a question to ask you. Yes, please. But also to make my point, I guess, is that I don't think that just because religion is brought up in a movie that they are trying to preach to you about anything. Mm-hmm. And especially with Mother. Like, not so much with signs because that was very, like, that was pretty preachy, mm-hmm. you know. That there's definitely a direction that the movie stayed in the entire time. Yeah. But Mother, to me, was very, like, presenting this conflict between Mother Earth and God. And, like, just here it is laid out. Um, So I didn't feel like I was sitting in church or anything. It just felt like, here's an interesting visual take on this concept. Yeah. And not so much like, here's Darren Aronofsky telling me that I should (laughs) go to church and pray to Jesus or something or other.
0: And I don't think Darren Aronofsky would tell you that. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, yeah, I completely agree with you. Mother was not in favor of a Christian God. Like, yeah. if, if anything, Mother was was um, very critical yeah. of the Christian God. It was very much, um, po- you know, we might get into spoilers for Mother, so if you haven't seen Mother... Well, uh,
1: we're w- going to just have to list spoilers for everything we're talking about.
0: Signs, Mother, Quiet Place. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, mother was a really good movie. I Like, I I, I am admitting that. Like, I, I think
1: it's funny... After, because we watched it pretty late after it was out of the theaters. Yeah, we watched and it way after like, the I initial reaction. I saw so reaction. many people's reactions about it, and I was like, wow, what the fuck is this going to be? It had
0: like an I, F cinema score. Like,
1: See, and that's something we'll get into. Yes. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Okay. Um, I loved Mother. Yeah. People saying like, I don't know if I can say I liked it. I don't know. It was something. I don't know. I just straight up loved it. I thought it was a fantastic movie.
0: So there was something about, okay, when we watched Mother, I was very affected by it. I think that's a movie that is supposed to elicit that reaction, basically. Like, it's a really rough watch. Yeah. Like, it's a rough fucking watch.
1: I'm not like an art house movie person. Yeah. You know that about me. Yeah. I'm not like the one rushing to see some kind of avant garde art film. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not my thing.
0: Yeah. Like in, in general it's not your thing. Like yeah. you can appreciate it but like yeah, we don't go to it's the not Charles something every weekend. I ever
1: seek out. I don't know if I would have ever watched Mother were it not for the weird reactions that people were having about it. Yeah. And then the curiosity built off of that.
0: Yeah. Um Mother came out uh everyone it was kind of billed as a horror movie. And then everyone had a really, like, strong reaction to hating it. Like, hating it really hard. And so, yeah, it definitely made me want to watch it. Like, (laughs) ooh, what is this movie? Yeah. Um, There were a lot of, like, yeah, I heard a lot of, like, people saying there's parallels to Rosemary's Baby in this movie. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, this sounds really interesting. Like, I saw the trailer for it. It doesn't Mm -hmm. really tell you much of anything. So, uh, we watched it. And... Very visceral movie, very like rough.
1: I'm gonna make a drinking game Every out of how I many times visceral. you say visceral tonight. Enough. So far it's been about twenty. I've said so I've said it about I'm twenty. Die.
0: Um and and there was something about the movie that was putting me off, like while we were watching it, and I couldn't quite tell what it was. And it's definitely one of those movies where like after we watched it for the first time ever, when it was done, I didn't really know what to make of it.
1: Well, yeah, I
0: and like I couldn't. There wasn't exactly... any point
1: during the movie where I thought like this is God versus Mother Earth. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that wasn't a thought that even crossed my mind at all until we like went on Google until looked it looked up the movie. Yeah, like, what the fuck was this movie it, about? It it,
0: it it was like when we watched Twin Peaks last year on Showtime. Yeah, like the the third season to of constantly Twin
1: Peaks. Try to see what <laughs> just happened.
0: It was like eighteen episodes <laughs> where every single episode I had to go on the AV Club review afterwards, be like, oh. That's what that was. Yeah, like it's too smart. Like it's too smart. It's too dense. Like I don't know. Like I definitely had a reaction to it and felt something from it. I was mm-hmm. very uneasy. And there's a part of me that, like, I mean, it was it was such a crazy well done movie. And
1: which movie? Mother. Okay.
0: Crazy well done. Mm-hmm. All the performances were awesome. It was insane. I w- and you know it ended and I was like trying to figure out what it exactly meant. And then looking it up. Spoilers for Mother. Basically, the concept of it is the the relationship between God and Mother Earth, and and like the two like those two basically forces opposing each other. And reading shit that Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky had said about it, where he was basically saying like, yeah, it's super biblical. Like, yes, obviously, like this, it's like crazy biblical. This means this, that means that, like made me realize what I didn't like about it and what I didn't like about it was I guess like how biblical it felt like there was a part of it that I couldn't quite put my finger on and then like when I was reading about it I'm like oh I think the thing that I couldn't put my finger on I didn't like about it was the super religious overtones and like and I and I'm the first one to admit that that's the kind of stuff that, like, I know is my own baggage I'm bringing to it because of my Catholic upbringing. Because, like, because of the amount of times I've had religion and uh, Christianity, but specifically Catholicism, (laughs) like, not even just Christianity, but specifically Catholicism just hit me over the head. It makes me kind of angry when someone is, like, hitting me over the head with, like, something biblical or religious. Because... Just to go back to my original argument, I'm just like, I did my time. (laughs) Like, I did my time. And I'm like, I'm annoyed that you're making me do this again, I guess.
1: I have a couple questions, and I'm not going to run through every single thing I think that you've ever seen that ever mentions God. Mm -hmm. But I have mainly one important question. How do you feel about the way God and faith is addressed in the X Files? Because that's one of your like biggest loves yes. of your life, and that is a running theme throughout. with Scully.
0: So I was actually I was not even thinking of the X Files, but you know what mm-hmm. I was thinking of it was Lost.
1: Let's answer my question first.
0: <laughs> yes. So my 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 answer to your question. It's the same thing I was thinking about to Lost but mm-hmm. with, with X-Files, Scully is a woman of faith, and there's a huge through line through all of X-Files where Scully is Catholic, specifically, specifically Catholic. She wears a gold cross around her neck. She's a woman of science and logic and faith, and Mulder is a man of, like, belief in, you know, the extraterrestrial and all this shit, and... Just- a lot of what makes that show great is how they're two completely opposing views on mm-hmm. shit. And it's brought up often on the X-Files of where, like, Scully can't wrap her head around aliens existing, but she believes that God exists. And Mulder's always basically throwing that in her face. Yeah. <laughs> where he's like, why do you believe that God exists, but you can't believe in a fucking alien, even when you saw one? <laughs> Scully. And, like... Like, with... X-Files, and then also with Lost is what I was thinking, like, it's not, there were times in X-Files, and, and maybe probably Lost, but, like, th- there were definitely times in X-Files where I felt a little weary, mm-hmm. like, watching it, when it was the more, like, faith-based episodes. Yeah. Where it was delving more into the, like, Scully's, like, it's, like, Scully-centric. Uh, her, She's Catholic. She's a person of faith. All this kind of stuff, I definitely got. I definitely was like weary of that, like watching X Files. Mm -hmm. Those tended to be my less favorite episodes. And then, like watching it again, I think it's it's good because it it is a good dichotomy between Mm -hmm. like Scully and Mulder, those two characters, because they are such like opposite forces. But like, may I like I honestly think that it kind of boils down to the fact that like X Files. Isn't necessarily like hitting me over the head, and like, I mean, X Files does sometimes hit you over the head with what it's mm. doing. But whatever I guess it is, you get enough
1: of a break from it.
0: But you get you get enough of a break from it, and like, it hits you over the head sometimes, and and you know, there's enough bad, like, there's too many good episodes of the X Files that outweigh like the bad ones. Mm. Um, that like, if I feel like I've been hit over the head with it. Then i've you're at least on to something else. then I've rebounded yeah. <laughs> like by the next episode, where I'm like, oh shit, fluke man, this one's great, like I go on to the next like really good episode, mm-hmm. so it balances out very well, maybe that's but what it, like it balances it is out still
1: something that wears on you
0: it definitely mm-hmm. does wear on me and and then I was thinking about that with um with with lost where. Like Jack and Locke, the two characters, are like it's very, very hitting you over the head. Where like Jack is a man of faith, and Locke is a man of you know science, or, or the, maybe not so much science, but like, or no, no, I'm sorry, it's the other way around. Locke is a man of faith, and Jack is a man of science. Because mm. the whole thing is like Locke believes in the island, mm. Jack believe, Jack's a fucking doctor, and he's like, <laughs> I believe in what I can see, meh. And like they're the <laughs> he two. He sounds just like that. He does. And they're the two, like, opposing forces through most of Lost. And, like, there are times where it does, like, wear on you, where they're hitting you over the head. But, like, there there is maybe, for me at least, something to be said where if you focus more on at least just the idea of faith and less than the idea of, like, specifically, like, Jesus and mm-hmm. Catholicism and, like, the specifics of, like, the Bible, like, the yeah. Christian Bible, like... We were talking also earlier about C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. and Chronicles of Narnia, and you asked me why I'm not annoyed by Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Like, some people are.
1: Like most people. A I lot of people. explain my tattoos to, and they're like, they <sighs> yeah. give me this look like, oh, you're one of those big Christian weirdos or something. Like, I just really like those books. They're like Harry Potter. So that's how I explain them to people, and yeah. they, people just have this huge impression that he's just he's a Christian author, and the only thing to take away from it is that it's just like a big like There's nothing else, you know, else
0: to it yeah, exactly, which okay, number one, first of all c s. Lewis was he like i know, obviously he's Christian, yeah, was he Catholic? I don't know. see, like I don't know that either. I should look that up.
1: I would I feel like venture a guess was that wasn't? no wasn't
0: yeah, but he I feels don't like know. he's not Catholic. So I read No
1: offense to Catholics, but I feel like he's I mean
0: too I cool. I can say <laughs> it's fine for me to say like some offense to Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> I was raised Catholic. Catholicism is a fucking bummer. Like I have known a lot of people who are very religious. Um and I have a lot of respect for people who are religious and faithful and like, and open-minded, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something to Catholicism that's very closed-minded. And you can say that about, like, a lot of religion. Yeah. You know? Like, any major religion, people get into it. They're like, oh, yeah. religion's a cult, that kind of thing. Yeah. If, if you're religious and you're open-minded, that's fucking fantastic. Like, I'm all for that. I don't think anyone should not be religious. If yeah. you want to be religious, then you should be religious. And one of my good friends, I haven't talked to in forever, but uh, one of my friends, Mark Edwards that I used to Mm. work with, he might listen to this, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, Mark was, and is, one of the reasons he moved away was to, like, go and work for a church Mm. in New York. He's, like, one of the most religious people I've I've ever met, like, and also one of the most open-minded people I've ever met. And talking to him about this kind of stuff was, like, very eye-opening for me when I was, like, in my early 20s -hmm. and kind of, like... Rebelling against my Catholic upbringing yeah. of like, man, eh, man, fuck God, like fuck all that kind of stuff. And he's like, it's just a, a very friendly, cool, nice guy who is mm-hmm. very religious, but also like very open minded and and open minds a bit to, you know, like, oh, you can be, you know, a, a normal person. Like yeah. you can you can still have all these kind of thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. and still like have faith, basically. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, boy.
1: Uh, Narnia.
0: Narnia. I read Narnia um, sometime in the last 10 years. I never read it as a kid. But I read it Mm -hmm. because, you know, we met. Yeah. And it was one of your favorite things. Mm -hmm. And so it was probably like, I don't know, seven, eight-ish years ago I started reading Chronicles of Narnia. and And I read all of them. And I think they're fantastic. I think they're amazing books. I had heard you know, even before reading them, that that stigma of, like, oh, they're a Christian allegory. Aslan is Jesus, you know, like all this other shit. And I can... (laughs) Hi, pancakes. I can see that, like, reading it. Like, I'm reading it, and, like, yeah, I can see the religious allegory. But also, C.S. Lewis is a very good writer, and he has a lot of really broad interesting ideas in regards to the, the just the the world of Narnia mm-hmm. it's not just a Christian world yeah there's Christian elements to this world but there's also like fucking other crazy elements to it he brought in tons of like uh, you know like there's a whole kind of like Ar- Arabian like element to it and mm-hmm. um, there, there's just like magic and there's all sorts of crazy shit in there and it's a huge fully realized world That I was never, like, sitting there thinking, like, oh, man, this is so Jesus-y. Like, this really hit me over the head with their Hmm. Jesus shit. Like, I just thought it was a really well-told giant story. Yeah. And awesome. It never, like, bummed me out that it was Christian.
1: That makes me really happy, especially because (laughs) when I recommended those books to you, I didn't know about all your (laughs) hang-ups and such. I didn't know how badly it could have gone. Yeah, exactly. But here's another interesting question I have. And sorry if I'm derailing it from anything. So I don't know if we were going to ever finally do our Movie Club podcast double feature that we watched a little while ago.
0: The Keanu Reeves one? Yeah. Yes.
1: But, (laughs) and this, hopefully, unless I think of anything else, will be the last thing I bring up to ask you about. But... (laughs) How did you feel about the Christian allegory in The Matrix? Especially um, as someone who went into rewatching this movie with me as someone who hated The Matrix. Yeah. And also has your predisposition towards getting really weary of that stuff when it comes up.
0: Uh, so I... Okay, so just to bring everybody up to speed... And we uh, and like maybe we can talk about this. I I I.
1: I'd still love to do that double feature podcast.
0: But would we I have to like... watch them again? It's like it's not enough in my mind. I feel like we'd have to watch them again.
1: See, I wouldn't mind watching them again. Ooh, okay, me I, either. I did enjoy both of them more than I thought <gasps> I would. But and we can get into that one.
0: So did I. Watch them
1: again. Okay,
0: so maybe this is like a preview for like a, a, a <laughs> soon to be episode. We've been yeah. talking about this for a while. We want we wanted to do this double feature where we watched. The Matrix, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, mm-hmm. because they're two Keanu Reeves movies, one of which I hate, The Matrix, mm-hmm. and one of which Becca hates, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, yes. and then, you know, Becca loves The Matrix, and I love Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We wanted to try and watch them try with open minds, minds bridge that gap, and we did do that. <laughs> we
1: did. Like, oh my god, it's spoilers like a for the month future. ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have to do it again spoilers
1: for our future podcast because it, it all worked out in the end
0: it did all work out in the end we watched we fucking watched them back to back yeah it was like a sunday afternoon we watched matrix and then bill and ted's and i like i mean spoiler alert, i think we both had a really great time
1: wait didn't we watch it the other way around
0: was it the other way around i thought, I thought I it was think... the matrix first or was it no no <laughs> I, I think remember. it was bill and ted first all right
1: because I remember being happy about that arrangement because I was like, well, at least I'll watch the movie that I yeah. like the best last, okay. and then that will be the taste in my mouth. Okay.
0: Yeah, that probably makes sense. So I think that's what we did. <laughs> well, we should do that again. Um, we, we had a good time. <laughs> we could though. do it tomorrow. <gasps> we could. Um, I enjoyed The Matrix. Yeah. We well, it. let's not talk about okay, anything yeah, but, about The Matrix blah, 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 blah. Except, for except for the, the fucking,
1: stuff. he's the one,
0: did, uh, his name's like, Neo, cause did, he's the
1: one, and Trinity, and all that other jazz. okay.
0: Didn't bother me in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Didn't bother me in the Matrix, mm-hmm. the first Matrix. It gets worse the more mm. you go in the Matrix trilogy. Yeah. Where by the end, it's like literally he's crucified. <laughs> like, See, I, I remember that vividly uh, that he's like crucified at do. the end.
1: I saw the second and third matrices <laughs> once each, and I remember almost nothing. I remember a guy that looks like Colonel Sanders, and mm-hmm. I remember Trinity being yep. all struck through with rebar.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's
1: all, and a giant rave orgy. That's
0: rave orgy, all yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. The, the Christian allegories in the first Matrix movie do not bother me. Really, like at all, like in the slightest. What's happening?
1: Um, she's, Pancakes is having a really weird reaction to the air conditioner where she looks mad at it.
0: Pancakes. Pancakes. But anyway. You sit there all the time. Um, so, uh, another reason why we started, why we did this episode that we were talking about that I, I was kind of interested by was, Mm -hmm. was the idea of separating the art from the artist, which is something we've talked about a lot before in passing. I don't know how Mm -hmm. much we've really actually talked about in this episode, but like, there's something to be said for, and really like... Not to get super political, but in this day and age, there's a lot of that shit happening with bad things coming out against artists whose work you might love, and honestly, whose work might have been very influential in, like, who you are as a person. For example, Woody Allen, or uh, something that came out recently that I'm really bummed about, uh, Luc Basson, who... Did The Fifth Element. Did you know about this? I don't think so. He, like, a bunch of rape allegations. Like, bad shit. Bad shit. Like, just bad shit coming out against these people who's, like, who's, you know, I can't help that the movie, you know, like, that a movie that this person made, like, maybe shaped who I was as a person when I was, like, a fucking teenager. Like, what are you supposed to do about that? So, there's a lot to be said about this topic, separating the, mm-hmm. from the artist, but um, l- on, on a lighter note. And then
1: note. to be clear, <laughs> those specific types of allegations are not what we're talking about. Not at all. When we're talking about M. Night yes. or Aaron Aaron. Yes, what I
0: was going to say, like on a much lighter note.
1: <laughs> Until, you know, <laughs> a news report comes out in the future, because oh, it fuck. always could. It always could. As of this moment, that is not what we were discussing.
0: So on a much lighter note, it's really more about like the hang-ups about like the the personal hangups that like you might bring into a movie that affect mm-hmm. the way that you find this movie. So we were talking about M Night Shyamalan. It kind of led into this Darren Aronofsky discussion, and like uh, it's weird because I was going through M Night Shyamalan's career kind of in my head and then also out loud and and well, and bing- then we
1: discovered but bo- uh, we both had different experiences. Mm-hmm. With his career. You had where I somewhat ex- of an ideal experience. Reiterated, he reiterated to me for the millionth time that ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Because, and we'll probably cover this on a later episode, but I've never seen The Sixth Sense. Yes. Um, was spoiled for me, so I figured I didn't need to bother. Uh, John disagrees, but we'll get into that later. Um, I'll figure that out later. I saw... I'm pretty sure the first movie I saw of his was Signs, Mm -hmm. and I loved it. And then the second movie I saw of his was The Village, and I loved it.
0: And when did you see Unbreakable, then?
1: I don't remember when, because it was so boring that it (laughs) left my brain, and I didn't care. And I didn't associate it with him. Yeah.
0: Because I just didn't care. I was like, well,
1: that was a boring waste of my time.
0: Which, by the way, like anyone who hasn't watched Unbreakable in a long time, it's fucking boring. (laughs) Like I'll be the first one to say... It, you know, for a long time when I was, like, a college student really into film, I was like, Unbreakable's M. Night Shyamalan's best movie, man. And then I watched it, like, a couple of years ago. I'm like, this movie's fucking boring. It's not good. Which
1: bums me out because...
0: It's a great yes. concept.
1: Well, well, no, that's not why it bums me out. Right. Um, split was so fucking fantastic. Oh yeah. And now we're getting this unbreakable split mashup, and I'm like, ah.
0: I am. A, I'm wary.
1: I don't want that to happen. I'm
0: wary. Like it could. It's either going to be. Well, here's the thing. Like in my opinion, the 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 movie Glass, mm. which mm. is what it's called, the sequel to Split and Unbreakable, it's either going to be good the way Split was. Mm-hmm or self indulgent the way a lot of his other movies are in my personal opinion. Yeah. I'm really hoping it's good the way Split was. Cause Split was really good.
1: Yeah. I love was Split. shocked and see at how and good here's Split was. Something that might start to get into the point that you're making, which was I don't think he'd done much leading up to Split. He had hadn't. He? no. He, he had, had not been really kind of been blacklisted, blacklisted for a while. while. Yeah. And then Split came out and we didn't see it in the theater. I thought it sounded interesting, but we just didn't bother because he's burned us so many times well, before. And I thought, you know, he wasn't a draw to go see a movie anymore, but then it yeah. sounded interesting and we got have good, good things. Yeah. He got good reviews. So then we watched it at home on whatever and we both it's loved great. it. It's super, it's crazy good. And that was after basically a palate cleanse yeah. of M. Night. Which and is what I went into signs and the village with
0: yeah and that, that's where I get zero into zero
1: baggage which makes me super happy
0: that's yeah that's where I get into the and whole your experience
1: like, was so different
0: baggage separating the art from the artist thing because like with M night especially um, and I, I was telling you about this that you you didn't know about his sci-fi channel thing. Which I is
1: did not know about that crazy. until tonight.
0: I was looking it up cuz like I couldn't exactly remember well, but So what
1: year was that again? That
0: was right before the village.
1: What year was that?
0: 2003 4-ish maybe. Okay. I was, so I I was
1: About to graduate high school. Okay. Um and I don't think we had the sci-fi channel.
0: Yeah. And like uh, yeah, like <laughs> M Night was such a weird thing because he 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 inserted himself too much in his movies. He inserted his, himself and his personality too much. Here's another question. Yeah.
1: What do you think about Stan Lee's fucking cameos in Marvel? Because those make me cringe to my core.
0: They're, they're annoying. I
1: hate them.
0: They're in, I don't hate them, but I just... I
1: physically I just... am like revolted <laughs> whenever he says some <laughs> stupid fucking dumb dad joke. <laughs> like, I hate this.
0: It's so weird because it's been going on now for so far fucking long it started with spider-man the first one the sam raimi toby Maguire spider-man say uh, uh uh what's his name stanley stanley yeah. had a cameo in that movie
1: did he say some stupid dumb no. shitty dirty joke or the, whatever
0: there was a moment in the first spider-man movie where like some debris was falling mm. and stanley pulls like a child out of the way mm. and all it was was an easter egg it was like yeah. that was stanley he created Spider-Man. Yeah. And then like it started to snowball and they started giving him lines. And like now it's just gotten to the point where it's like, he's just a like, funny old man he, well, who says a dad joke.
1: He might as well be fucking looking directly into the camera and winking. He,
0: I he might hate as well it. just have a fucking name tag that says Stan Lee <laughs> yeah. and he might as well just show up going like I made Captain America. Yeah. Like, like it's ridiculous at this point. He's gonna die any moment. Like, I don't know why they keep doing it. It's crazy. They film his shit.
1: Well, people get fucking jazzed about it. People clap and they cheer. They do. am like really.
0: They film his cameos in bulk. I'm not joking. That's how they do it. They film his cameos like five at a time because he might die any minute. So, you know, Marvel has all these fucking movies written.
1: Today, will there be like five yes. more Marvel yes. movies that he's in? Probably. That's gruesome.
0: That's why I mean I'm serious. Next time we watch a Marvel movie, pay attention to the cameo he's in to the to to, to his cameo.
1: Yeah. Is no it, like, one else. No
0: one else is in his shot. Oh, no one God. else is. They, they they film him like either on a green screen or like in a close up. Yeah. No one else is there. We just watched. Oh, um, I hate it. We just watched Spider Man with Tom Holland. Spider Man. Spider Man. We just watched Spider Man Homecoming. <laughs> and um, I like
1: that more than I thought I would.
0: It, so did I. It's a really good movie. <laughs> it's good. Um, his cameo in that movie is where where Spider Man. Um, makes some ruckus like in an alley at night yeah. and a bunch of people are leaning out their windows yelling mm-hmm. and Stanley leans out his window, yells. It's just a close-up of Stanley yeah. leaning out a window and then it cuts away to someone talking to him yeah. and then it cuts back to him talking. It's just a close-up. Yeah. He's not there. Like, they just shot him at the same time they shot his Guardians of the Galaxy cameo and his Avengers cameo. Like, it's really weird. I don't like that. I'm not in favor of that.
1: I don't like that at all. <laughs>
0: it's- it's pretty gruesome,
1: oh my God. what was the what was the point of this?
0: How did we get here? Oh,
1: uh, M Knight inserting himself. In M. Night, the movies. yeah. M night. So do you mean physically in the space of the movie, or do you mean himself and his ideals I, and stuff? Because I, if we yeah. really want to go back to it, I like, kind of it, mean his... not just Stanley, it's Hitchcock well, doing that shit, like. Hey, look at me. I'm here now and The
0: yeah, exactly. I don't have a problem with a director inserting themselves into the movie. Because if you want to compare Hitchcock to M Night, <laughs> Hitchcock is in the background. Hitchcock... Sometimes
1: sometimes it's really goddamn obvious well, and it's it's sometimes it's really cheesy. Well, yeah. Like, but, here's the silhouette in the shadows or whatever. But does
0: Hitchcock ever have a line?
1: I don't remember.
0: I don't think like, maybe he does, but I don't I, think he does. I, I'm
1: pretty sure there's some dumb, derpy joke in... <laughs> <sighs> well, I want to say it's one of the Cary Grant ones, but it's been a while. So I, There's definitely some that are subtle, and there are some that are like, here's a giant spotlight on Hitchcock. Look, he's here.
0: And that is that is that that is ridiculous. And one could argue that you could get it away with it back in the day. It. Well,
1: but it takes me out of it. And Even... I, yeah. For as much as I love those movies, I'm just like, okay, there There's he is. Hitchcock. There he is. It. It's uh, it's Thing.
0: it's it's more it's less subtle than um, Michael G. Wilson is one of the producers on the Bond movies. He's mm. um he's he's Cubby Broccoli's stepson. Uh huh. Um, he's in every movie from like uh, the Timothy Dalton ones till now. He's in every single movie. He just I don't has know a cameo. Who that is. But like exactly, he doesn't say anything. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't look like Hitchcock. Like you don't know what yeah. he looks like. He just puts himself in there because he wants to. Yeah. And like Hitchcock, you know Hitchcock looks like Hitchcock, but Hitchcock doesn't alter the plot of the movie that he's in. That's where I have. A, that's where I start to have a problem with M Night, is that he started putting himself into his movies in increase in more increasingly influential ways. Where like mm-hmm. in Signs, he's the guy who kills Mel Gibson's wife who sets into motion Mm -hmm. the events that cause the movie to happen outside the aliens. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mel Gibson has a crisis of faith because literally the director of the movie killed his (laughs) wife. And it's like, you couldn't cast a person. You couldn't just be like the waiter at that scene (laughs) at the cafe. You had to be the fucking guy who killed his wife.
1: They weren't in a cafe.
0: Um
1: but they like their cars but they were in their uh, cars
0: <laughs> but like but and then in 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 the village in the village it's like almost more annoying because see it's you and see it's actually him,
1: been a while since i've seen the village so i don't remember what his cameo was
0: his cameo it's, it's so annoying and i actually like the village i watched it again years after i saw it and i hated it and i watched it again with an open mind and i was like this is this is a good movie but his cameo in the village is when Bryce Dallas Howard, spoilers for the village. When Bryce Dallas Howard co- g- gets you know, out of the village and mm-hmm. you find out that it's actually present day and that they're mm-hmm. in a national park and that they're protected in a national mm-hmm. park and the whole reason why they can't leave is because it's 2003 or whatever. She's asking for medicine and she's blind. She can't see anything. So she asks for medicine and this park ranger goes to his boss and his boss is M. Night Shyamalan, off camera, whom you see in a reflection, like, of glass. Mm. And literally, the entire scene is just M. Night Shyamalan explaining to you the plot of the village. Because it's just, like, this guy going, like, this woman needs medicine. And the guy, and M. Night Shyamalan's like, they came to us in the 70s, and we're not supposed to interact with them. This is the whole story of, like, this is the reason why. They're... And I'm just like, fuck, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Like, god damn it. Why do you have to be the person doing this? I wouldn't mind it if it was a different, if it was an actor, if it was nobody. But the fact that I know it's you, and this is where we got into this discussion of separating the art from the artist, is like, I know it's him, and it makes me angry. (laughs) It's not cute to me. It's not cool. It just, like, it it infuriates me.
1: See, I don't think it's cute or cool or infuriating. I just think it's... Whatever. I don't know. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't really affect me in one way or the other. Yeah. I, but I don't remember the village well enough to remember that specifically. I remember signs really well. Yeah. And it didn't bother me at all. Um. I never thought about it as like, what an ego trip to put yourself in, you know, such a, you know, crux of the movie plot type of role. Yeah. I just thought like. That was a really interesting scene. It was so jarring how he sped off really fast. And I just thought that was a good scene. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about, like, what a dick. (laughs) What a dick. Sucking his own dick, putting himself in his movie. Well, and And, like, like, and I. That that never crossed my mind.
0: And I honestly can't remember. uh, At this point, I can't remember Mm -hmm. if when I saw signs. And when I saw the village for the first time, if I had these thoughts See, or if they had built was, over time yeah, because Signs of was like. before
1: the Sci Fi Channel thing.
0: Yeah. I don't know if this is built over time if because want, of like. Can
1: you quickly, yes. like, maybe we set a timer yeah. and in 30 seconds you explain the Sci Fi Channel thing?
0: I can explain it super quick.
1: Set Holy a goddamn shit. timer. God. <laughs> because I don't trust you. All right. And you told me this earlier and I was hearing <laughs> it for the first time, so maybe the <laughs> listeners don't know. Okay.
0: All right, I'm going to set a timer. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Set a timer for 30 seconds. Okay, so right after, shut up! Right after signs came out, uh, the Sci-Fi Channel was airing this thing that was like the secret life of M. Night Shyamalan. I can't remember exactly what the name was, but it was basically like M. Night Shyamalan a secretive director, and we've got the scoop on him. We've got secrets on him, and they were building up, building it up. It was like a big press thing, and it was right before The Village came out, his next movie, and it was this huge thing. Of like we got some dirt on M. Night, and the whole thing was just like. Oh, you're going to find some shit out. And then, right before it aired, it came out that M. Night actually orchestrated... That was 30 seconds?
1: That was a lot faster. You get another 30.
0: You got to give me some time. It came out that M. Night actually made it himself. It was a mockumentary. It wasn't real. None of it was real. He made this thing himself to build like mystery about himself. And it came out that it was fake in the same way that it came out when Fox did the alien autopsy thing and people actually thought it was an alien autopsy and then Fox had to say, No, this was fake. It's not an actual alien autopsy. Well you just idiots. like
1: the shit with Discovery and, and the mermaids. And
0: the mermaids and the megalodon. But, yes. well,
1: I mean, that stuff I feel like should have been a little more obvious that no, there weren't fucking mermaids. Well, yeah.
0: So basically, M. Knight did a thing that was a hoax. Yeah. He did a, he orchestrated a hoax. Like
1: an expose on himself.
0: About himself. Yeah. That's the worst That's part. That's pretty douchey. It's bad. It's douchey. <laughs> and it came out that he orchestrated a hoax about himself to build mystery about himself and Sci-Fi Channel literally had to apologize for falsely advertising something that was fake before it even aired. So by the time it aired, he had lost faith. Like if you want to talk about fucking faith, uh, he lost like he 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 just lost ground. Yeah. Like people were just like, "Oh, you're just a dick. <laughs> like you're you're a dick. You're not like you're not fantastical. You're not smart or interesting. You're just kind of a dick. Because, like.
1: That's pretty harsh.
0: Well, but he brought it on himself. That's my point. Is like, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to, like, try and make himself more interesting than he is. He could just make a fucking movie. My whole thing, this entire time, the last t- 15 years or whatever, he's a great director. He's really good. He's a good fucking director. He's a fine writer. <laughs> like,. I think his shit is heavy-handed writing-wise, but I think he's a really fucking good director. And it bummed me out for so long that his shit was just hung up on the mystique of himself. Yeah. Where as opposed to like a Quentin Tarantino, who like Quentin Tarantino is so fucking over the top and it's like when you sign up for a Quentin Tarantino movie, you you know what you're getting. Like Quentin Tarantino is kind of a dick. He's insufferable. But he makes really good movies, and it's like... But,
1: like, his shtick that you know what you're getting when you sign up for, I feel like is a lot easier to pull off than M. Knight's shtick. Yes. Which is, like, a big fucking crazy surprise. Ooh, super twisty. Shock twist at the end. That's a lot harder to pull off constantly than, like, hyper-violence. Oh,
0: yeah. Hyper... I agree with that.
1: Swearing, whatever. I mean, and I love Tarantino. Yeah. This isn't remotely a criticism. I fucking love it. It's no, never we, we both love Tarantino. Never stop Tarantino. Never, ever but stop. I know you want is... to stop
0: after 10 <laughs> movies, but please don't. Just make movies until you die, because yeah. I love them.
1: That, I feel like, in my completely unprofessional opinion, <laughs> is a lot easier to pull off than like a huge twisty no, thriller. No, it
0: totally is. And part of that even
1: if he hadn't shot himself in the foot with that douchey mockumentary, Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like the same thing would have happened, but people just wouldn't have blamed him for it.
0: Well yeah, and I think the problem was honestly like unbreakable. Because Mm. he made it he made his first movie with a huge twist. It was a really good movie. It was a crazy twist, no one saw coming, blew everybody's Mm -hmm. minds. If he made a follow-up movie that was really good, it didn't have a twist. No one would expect a twist in his third movie, but the problem was he did a twist in the second movie. Huge twist at the very end.
1: Which was what, Signs? Unbreakable. That
0: Unbreakable. was the second movie.
1: Oh, I forgot about The Sixth Sense because I haven't seen it. Ever.
0: Right. <laughs> so then when he makes his third, it's it's just like, you know, at that point it's like, what's it going to be? Like, what's, it, what's the twist going to be? And then, you know, like, it's... It's not necessarily his fault. Like, it's not that he shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. He should do what he wants to do. Like, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're an artist, you do what you want to do. Yeah.
1: And sometimes you succeed and sometimes you fail. Yeah. But he but ended up becoming a punchline for that exact thing like, that made him super successful. Which, which was in like the partially
0: out of c- his control, but then like 100% in his control because of like that sci fi channel bullshit. Only, and then like.
1: I've never heard anyone talk about that before.
0: And it like and Can that's I... the thing is like no one knows about that now, but like I don't know, me and I guess people at the time if yeah. you were like following his career, mm-hmm. like if you saw The Sixth Sense and then you saw Unbreakable and mm-hmm. then you saw Signs and he's just like this like success story. Like mm-hmm. he was a huge success story. Yeah. He was a nobody from Philadelphia. An Indian kid who wanted to make, like, crazy movies, who made, like, a fucking amazing movie off the bat yeah. with, like, Bruce Willis. Like, holy shit. Y- he's a huge fucking success story. And then for, like, you to basically, you know, follow him, like, blindly, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're great. And then for him to be, like, <laughs> a dick about sh- about that, <laughs> and, like, make this bullshit, mm-hmm. like, you you lose... You know, you uh, lose you value. Definitely people...
1: use cre- lose credibility. Yeah,
0: yeah, credibility. Like
1: um. So when you saw well, the village for the first time, you did not like it, or you straight up hated it. Uh,
0: when I saw the village for the first time, I saw it in a the theater. I, you know, I was expect, I was wondering what the twist was going to be the whole time, which is a detriment. It's mm-hmm. like I wasn't enjoying the movie. I was yeah. just wondering what the twist was. So then the twist happened. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Like I just, a bummer. It was a bummer, and I didn't like it. And then, I like, really want
1: to watch it again. I didn't it's watch it for
0: years, and then uh, someone I work with at Discovery was talking about how much they love the village mm. and just like, made yeah. me want to watch it again. And so I watched it again, and I just watched it with an open mind because it had been years since I yeah. saw it. So I watched it already knowing what the twist is, mm-hmm. and I just watched it, excuse me, as a movie. And I'm like, fuck, this is a good movie. <laughs> like yeah. Once again... He's a very good director. And then uh, you know, and then he made a couple of other movies that got horrible, horrible reviews, like The Last Airbender and I can't even remember what else. The oh, La- Lady in the Oh god, The Happening. <laughs> Lady in the one. I I See, never
1: after after The Village, the only movie I saw of his until Split was The Happening, which and I fucking hated it's it. It's a
0: horrible movie. I hated it's it. It's a horrible so movie.
1: Much. there was nothing about that movie that I could stomach. Yeah. Like <laughs> I particularly just felt so unhappy about watching that movie mm-hmm. because the death scenes were so to steal a word from you visceral, yeah. That I felt sick to my stomach, but then everything in between was so bad, also it was so dumb. Like it was I don't, so I don't know how dumb. I didn't walk out of the theater. The death scenes were so fucking disturbing. To yeah. Me. Like, they were so disturbing, and... Oh my god, Pancake, stop. (laughs) I saw it in a theater, and there was a guy behind me that kept laughing, and I just felt like I'm in the presence of a serial killer. Yeah. Because this is so dark and creepy and horrible and disturbing, and there's someone laughing. Like, I just feel sick to my stomach. And the acting was bad, and the writing was bad, and the plot was also bad, so... My
0: my favorite ever Mark Wahlberg (laughs) moment ever, ever, is from the movie, when that old lady is... Accusing him mm-hmm. of like being against her and <laughs> Mike Wahlberg goes, What? No. <laughs> it's Somebody it's,
1: kills himself oh. with a knitting needle in that movie. Oh yeah. I knit all the time. I have anxiety. <laughs> I have obsessive thoughts. <laughs> I think about that often. So okay. I don't want to ever have to think about that movie and I think about it often.
0: Here's another thing about the happening which is going in, like which you've brought up a couple of times about how you don't watch trailers you don't really like know a ton about stuff like behind yeah. the scenes wise
1: oh yeah and this is another this is another big part of yeah this whole reason we decided to podcast yeah tonight i um, don't go out of my way to seek out trailers if we're watching a movie yeah and there's trailers before and i see them i don't ever go out of my way to yes. try to watch them you don't watch I them don't on like
0: youtube or anything
1: ever ever seek out reviews nope especially before a movie, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about anything. All the reviews I see are...
0: Admirable. It's admirable. I I wish I was like that. I
1: don't know why you would care what a stranger thinks. I I barely care what my friends think. (laughs) So the only (laughs) opinions I get on movies are friends who have seen the movie first and post about it on Facebook. That's all I get. I don't give a shit what anyone else thinks about it because I don't want to walk in there... With someone else's opinion bouncing around in my head.
0: I vividly remember when The Happening came out, the ad campaign for The Happening mm-hmm. was like for real, quote, M. Night Shyamalan's first R rated movie. I'm not even joking. Like, that was how they built that movie. I'm sure you can go back and find the trailers I for that movie. You. Was like, you know the first R-rated movie from M. Night Shyamalan. So, like, I literally just went into, it, into it, it thinking... Gory? Yes! I, so I literally went into it thinking, so this is just going to be another bullshit M. Night movie with a bullshit twist, and but also, blood. like, blood and gore and, like, maybe some swearing. And guess what? It's exactly what it was. It was the- just a bunch of, like, gory, like, disturbing scenes and then the dumbest fucking twist and well- the worst acting in the world.
1: The only thing that I find remotely redeeming about that movie is also one of the things that I hate the most about that movie, which is that the twist uh-huh. is some stupid shit that some random characters say. In like the beginning. Maybe beginning to halfway through that movie. Yeah. And you think, that can't be it. That's because not that's it. so that's fucking dumb. stupid. And then it's in the end, plants. they were right. <laughs> in the end, they were completely right. <laughs> So it was—it was like a soft twist. Like the twist was that the dumb shit someone said earlier was true. The twist
0: is that the twist is so stupid you (laughs) never saw it coming. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Oh my god. So part part of of me. Fuck you. Part of me really hopes that that was an intentional, like, fuck you for fucking. Getting all crazy about the twist. Well, and Here's I've also your twist. yeah, and Here's I've the never the dumbest thing, and I'm gonna tell you about it already, and you're not gonna believe me, but you know what it's right.
0: I feel like Lady in the Water and the Happening happened in like probably the darkest point in M Knight's life or career because like yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I heard a lot of bad things about the Last Airbender too. Well,
0: that too, but like just I, that just sounded like it was a really bad movie. But like specifically, what the Happening is mm-hmm. like, yeah, the twist is some dumb bullshit yeah. someone said, and then. Lady in the Water, which I've never seen, but I have heard plenty about, because M Night plays the most important character in the entire movie, who is like apparently a writer who saves the world, and his nemesis is a critic who doesn't like his work, and it's like, what are you trying to say, M Night?
1: That and only basing (laughs) it off of you telling me what that movie is about, and you not having seen that movie. (laughs) I just want to be clear. (laughs) Neither of us have seen Um... Lady
0: in the Water. That does M9's sound listening.
1: fucking ridiculous. Uh-huh. That's ridiculous and like self-aggrandizing shit that I did not feel like was present in Signs or The Village. Yeah. But if that happens the way you said it happens in the... the oh, my God, I almost said The Shape of water. <laughs> so like water. I haven't even seen The Shape of Water
0: yet. We haven't seen The Shape of Water.
1: Um, but, yeah, that is some ridiculous self-reflective gross bullshit.
0: Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. See, I was trying to look up Lady in the Water really quickly on, like, no. IMDb. No, we don't
1: need to talk about it. Yeah, Neither of us have seen it. We don't need to talk
0: about it. Um,
1: what else were we yelling about earlier?
0: Dear Naranowski and the Fountain. Yes. So, we were talking about Mother and... Mm. and...
1: I was shocked about your extreme reaction to Mother. Yeah. Because we'd watched it and we'd talked about it a bit. And yeah. I feel like you were more, <clears throat> I don't know, you were, had more opinions about it yeah. while we were talking about it tonight than right after we saw it. Yeah. Which is understandable because neither of us knew what the fuck was happening right it's, after yeah, we saw it. Yeah, it's
0: definitely the type of movie where but, it's when it's done you're like... You uh, need to sit on it for yeah. a while.
1: What? Um... But I was surprised at just you as a person and what a logical person you are mm-hmm. that you would be so affected by the like Christian overtones, like the or religious, religious bi- not even like, Christian. I was it's like biblical, religious, biblical overtones, yeah. um, and not just. Sorry, I had to
0: smack, smack, pancakes. Yeah, pancakes. She's
1: playing with the remote control car because we're adults. I was surprised that you couldn't. Separate that, yeah, and just see it for like. Here's an argument about it. I don't have to feel one way or the other about it. I can just look at someone's opinion and yeah, take it for what it is, and or that, look at the story and take it for what it is.
0: Yeah, and that definitely went into my baggage with Darren Aronofsky mm-hmm. because I, because you've never seen The Fountain,
1: no. So Darren Aronofsky, <laughs> if we were to go through it like M Night, yes. I saw Did a you long, p- long time ago and once Requiem for a Dream.
0: Did you ever see Pi? Nope. Okay. That was his first movie. I've seen that once, I think, and I don't remember it.
1: I don't know anything about Pi. It's
0: a black and white movie. It ends with like a guy putting like a drill in his head. Okay. Cool. Well,
1: spoilers for Pie. <laughs> um, never saw that. I saw Requiem. Yes. Once. Yes decided immediately that I never needed to watch that movie again. Which is which the... I hold still.
0: Natural reaction <laughs> yeah. to that movie.
1: I... Yeah. Um... And I think after that, all I saw was Black Swan. Black Swan. And yeah. then Mother. Well, and so now... <clears> I know there's a <throat> lot of stuff that I missed in between.
0: See, now I'm curious because, like, I...
1: Am I missing something else?
0: I want to know if you're missing something else. Mm-hmm. I want to know what his actual filmography is. Yeah. Um, because... Yeah, he's one of those directors where I'm like, I feel like I've probably seen all of his movies, I was
1: aware of The Fountain, Mm -hmm. and I remember, I don't know if I saw trailers for it or whatever, but I remember thinking that it looked dumb, and I didn't want to see it, (laughs) because it just looked like a dumb romantic comedy, or not even romantic comedy, but dumb romantic drama. That
0: was his third movie, The Fountain. The
1: Fountain? 2006.
0: Yeah. Where were you in 2006.
1: Um, I was a couple years into college, okay. and probably working between two to three jobs and a full-time student, so I was probably not going to see a lot of movies.
0: Okay, so he did Pi, then mm-hmm. he did Requiem for a Dream, then he did The Fountain. Oh, then he did The Wrestler, which we saw.
1: Oh, I love The Wrestler! Yeah. Oh my god, that was a great that movie. That was incredible.
0: So, Wrestler, Black yeah. Swan, then... <laughs> Something about Lou Reed and Metallica, okay. Oh, what? and then, okay... Then Noah, he did that movie Noah with Russell Crowe about Noah in the Ark.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that. That looks fake.
0: Yeah, this that
1: is... looked like a fake movie trailer.
0: Then Mother. Something so like okay, okay. So here's okay.
1: This, oh my God, the wrestler was so good. Wrestler's
0: fan, Wrestler and Black Swan are fantastic. And and mm. b- and here's the thing with Darren Aronofsky. Like, I, you know, obviously got into him at the same time as a lot of other people, like, in college. And I went to film school. So it's like, you saw *Requiem for a Dream, you're like, this guy's fucking amazing. This guy's an amazing director. It's so crazy. Saw *Requiem for a Dream. uh, Then The Fountain came out. And I saw The Fountain in in the theater. And I fucking hated it so much because it, it, for real, and I said this earlier, it felt like I was literally just watching Darren Aronofsky masturbate for two and a half hours. Like, I got nothing out of that movie. I felt none of it was re- was redeeming in any way. It was so self indulgent and such bullshit. It was just like I, I was saying, like it felt like when you are stuck listening to someone's theological discussion that you hate. It's just like,
1: and you can't walk away and from you can't it. walk away from
0: it. It's just like ah, uh, you've got a lot of opinions on shit, like just, like, I'm not into it at all. And I hated The Fountain so much. Um, and then he did The Wrestler and Black Swan. Both mm. of those are incredible movies. Once again, both of those are, like, rough So did you movies. go
1: into those movies thinking or worried that it would be him and his ideologies coming out at you? Or no. Or were you just like, let's just see what this movie is?
0: No, honestly, it was like, just let's just see what this movie is. Because, like... You know, just from seeing the trailer for like Wrestler or Black Swan, mm. it's like, well, neither of these look like they're particularly, you know, um, I don't know what the word is, like, like metaphysical. Like yeah. they both look fairly straightforward, and they're both like super art housey. You know, mm. they're they're both very dramatic, arty uh, movies, but they they don't necessarily uh, have a lot to say, like. In the grand scheme of things, I guess? I don't know.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think I know what you mean. Like, Mother, the entire movie was a giant metaphor.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And the wrestler has a lot to say about a lot of things, but it's it's not all fucking symbolism. No. It's not this really is representing something completely different. It's here's a story about a guy and... And I don't Whatever have, else fills that story. And
0: I don't have anything against symbolism. Like, I don't I don't hate movies that have symbolism, you know? I don't hate movies that, that are symbolic, well, that have but, shit that you need but to like read what into. What I was saying
1: before, like, a movie like Mother, that's not typically something that I would ever get into. Yeah. Like, movies that have a little bit of that stuff, absolutely. But... I don't know. You would never be able to sell me a movie on, like... The entire movie is one giant metaphor for this. Well, exactly. I would be like, "Fuck you! Exactly. I'm not
0: watching that." That's how I feel about the Fountain. That's how I feel about the Fountain. Yeah, I hate the Fountain. <laughs> I, I I find redeeming qualities. I find most. I mean, like, I find all of Mother to be redeeming. Honestly, like, I think it's an amazing movie. I think you should watch it. <laughs> like, if you're watching, if you're listening to this, Mother's an amazing movie. Don't watch the Fountain though. Like, the Fountain is <laughs> like one giant exercise. And like, what if this man? Like, it annoys the. Buck out of me, and there's an aspect to Darren Aronofsky that is like that, and I feel like he's doing that a hundred percent in The Fountain, Mm -hmm. and I feel like he was doing that a lot a bit in Pi. I barely remember Pi a lot of it. A lot of it. I feel like I I barely remember Pi, but that's another one where it's just like, ooh, there's a lot of ideas going on, man. Like, uh what if like, what if you drilled your head? Um, I don't know. <laughs> room for a Dream is pretty straightforward. It's like, what happens if you're a drug addict?
1: Yeah.
0: Here's the horrible shit that happens yeah, when you're a drug addict. it's a few it's different answers. very <laughs> affecting and horrible and incredible. And The Wrestler, same thing. And Black yeah. Swan, same thing. And then Mother is... Oh, my God. Who pink even pink. was that? That was big. Mother, it just like... Mother, I feel like, triggered me in the things I don't like about Darren Aronofsky and those kinds of filmmakers. Like, the kinds of filmmakers who make a movie that are just, like... Like, I don't know. There's a part of me who understands that movie... Like, film is a medium for, you know, what you want to express. And then there's another part of me that is film is a medium for entertainment. And you put... in like. People go to see movies to be entertained. Even things that, even movies that have interesting things to say, there's still a part of me that's being entertained and transported, you know, by them. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that movies are strictly, oh my god, Dusty, you're ruining my thought. Dusty's just like. I
1: just want to see how he gets out of the spot without wrecking everything. He's currently sitting on a shelf.
0: Full of Legos.
1: Full
0: of Legos. Well, he daintily kind of oh. got off the shelf. What was I even saying? Oh,
1: my God. Um, okay.
0: There's, you know, he could knock it all over. You just want movies
1: to be fun and dumb.
0: I That's don't, though. <laughs> I don't. Like, I I understand some movies exist to be just fun and dumb. And I understand some movies exist to be purely works of art. Yeah. And some movies exist in a gray area between the two of those. Um, I just don't necessarily enjoy movies that only exist to be works of art sometimes i can appre- like mother i appreciate for what it is i think it i think mother's incredible but then there's other stuff and i'll bring this up which is a really weird thing to bring up mm-hmm. but uh i can't remember his name but björk's husband björk's husband
1: he <laughs> lost me Oh, you I lost I, me at Bjork's I husband. Super,
0: I'm super going to lose everybody right now. i got to look this up. Bjork's husband made a movie called The Cream Master. He made several movies. Oh, called my God. Cree I've heard
1: about that probably only <gasps> from you.
0: Oh, seriously? Okay. Oh, Cream Master 3. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's called Cream Master 3. What's his name? Matthew something? Richard Sarah? I guess it's Richard Sarah. Okay. Nope, sorry. Matthew Barney. Okay. There it is. Matthew Barney is Bjork's husband. He's a filmmaker. He makes art movies. He made a series of movies called The Cremaster. Master. The easiest one to find is called Cremaster Master 3. <laughs> I recommend you find it if only to realize what I'm saying is real. <laughs> the Cree Master is, from what I remember, the name of the muscle that controls your uh, balls from going up into your body.
1: That's... Horrible.
0: Not, I'm not lying. I think I'm not lying. <laughs> God. I watched this movie, kind of as a joke. I showed it to our friend the Alex Hayes. third Hay's one? Third, third one. I've never seen any two. of the other okay. ones. Never seen the other ones. The third one's the only one you could find, like, on DVD. They shot it in the Guggenheim Museum. It was uh, Matthew Barney, like, painted white with, like, a tartan, like, around his neck and, like, a big thing on his head. Mm. And he basically has to, like, run through the Guggenheim and, like, battle monsters. And, like, one of them was, like, a woman who had no legs. It was, like, a model who has no legs. She was, like, dressed like a cheetah. It's a lot of, like, boobs. It, it, like, it's Aww. the most insane shit. It's the most insane shit. All of it yeah. means something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't get anything out of it. That's my point. Yeah. I guess. It's, like, that's the type of thing. That's an extreme version of what I'm saying. Yeah. Where, like, it's a movie that exists. It's super fucking, you know, it's a work of art. Mm -hmm. It's incredible to look at. There is artistry behind it. I can appreciate the artistry. Everything I'm seeing means something. But, like, I'm not getting anything out of it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not reaching those conclusions. Yeah. I, like, there's no way I would ever... Reach those conclusions sorry if I was too loud I like there's just a, there's a fine line to, to draw yeah. between because there's stuff that I've seen where it's like it's it's up for discussion and I can draw my own conclusions and I yeah. can figure out stuff and and I enjoy it when people make movies that they want you to figure out what you think it means yeah and then there's shit where it's like I had this idea about the Bible. <laughs> Like, and it pisses me off, I guess. Like, maybe that's the end of this. (laughs) That's what I would say.
1: I understand what you mean. It's frustrating to see that a director is trying to go somewhere and you don't know what the fuck they're even talking about. Yeah. And you're, like, not even in the same ballpark. But then a question I was thinking about to ask you, I think you kind of just answered, is so much of Twin Peaks is some crazy symbolic nonsense. Yeah. But it's also, from what I understand, a bunch of utter nonsense. Yeah. Where it's not like I pulled this directly from the Bible or I pulled this directly from here or from there and this is a complete recreation of an allegory about blah 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 Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of shit that is completely out of David Lynch's imagination yeah that he doesn't even have a conclusion or an answer to he just wants to display it Ooh, and you are completely welcome to project whatever you feel like onto it yes. and it's not like it's not a thing like you're not in on it if you don't get it there still was a lot of like i don't fucking understand <laughs> what i just saw Yeah, especially yeah, yeah. when it comes to all the the actual um mythology sorry it took me a while to think of that word yeah all the twin peaks mythology yes um there's still a lot of that that clearly is referenced back to and has a you know connecting link to it but there's so much shit that you don't have to know it to have a feeling about it or to have an opinion about it yeah you're not wrong you're not right because he doesn't tell you what it has to be yes and he might not even know what it has to be
0: that i feel like is a really really good like maybe thesis statement for what we've (laughs) just been talking about Yay! like for real i was
1: still in college no but seriously like
0: the difference between like david lynch and darren aronofsky Mm -hmm. where darren aronofsky did something very very uh allegorical and and uh, metaphorical and and you know crazy out there mm-hmm. but and he had a very specific thing in mind that yeah. was his thing and not even necessarily that like if you didn't get it then you're dumb but it's just like th- like he this is what he was going it's for not,
1: it wasn't like oh it could be this it could be that there's there's a few different ways you could interpret it it's yeah. When we looked it up, it's like, oh, no, there's only one way. This it's is like- exactly what it was. And all the actors knew what it was. Yeah. And like this, so everyone this was in on it. Mother They're just Earth not telling you. This represents you. God. Yeah. Which, like, hmm. I liked having that direction. Yeah. But it also kind of bummed me out to think, like, oh, all, all of the ideas that I had during this movie were just flat out wrong. Yeah. So I guess I can just dismiss all of them. Yes.
0: As opposed to David Lynch, who, doing what he did in Twin Peaks season three last year, was like honestly what felt like shit that like maybe he just dreamed like yeah. shit that like even he doesn't understand and he just wants to elicit a reaction mm-hmm. and it's like the reaction that was elicited by mother for me was like you know i was thinking about stuff and i was trying to figure out what it meant and but i was kind of like off put by it and i didn't quite like it and then like you know and then i found out what it was and i was annoyed <laughs> And then, like, the reaction that was elicited by Twin Peaks was kind of similar. Like, I don't quite know what it meant. It's really weird. Super, super crazy out there. Mm-hmm. I don't quite get it. But also, it doesn't even necessarily have, like, a, an, an exact meaning. And this yeah. is what it could mean. And this is also what it could mean. And this is, you know... Maybe it doesn't mean anything, and the fact is that, like, that shit has s- sat with me yeah, <laughs> for, like, a year. Like, the David Lynch Twin Peaks stuff, like, really affected me, as opposed to, like, the Darren Aronofsky stuff that, like, affected me, but, like, also just kind of annoyed.
1: Well, once you... Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. Specifically, <laughs> but... I mean, once you have a definitive answer, it's easier to yeah. just move past it. To move thing. past it, yeah, that's Where, true. And there was so much of Twin Peaks season three that was like goddamn infuriating to me. Yes. And and I was just saying I love how open ended a lot of things were and I I don't need my hand held through everything and yeah. I, I like being able to project my own meaning on the stuff. But you just spend so much fucking time with things, yeah. In that season where it was, you talk about f- filmmaking and I'm oh, throwing yeah. TV in there to be entertainment. A lot no, of that defi- was I not mean... close to entertaining <clears throat> for me.
0: No, it wasn't, and like, and and also weirdly, like, a lot of it was infuriating. A lot of it was infuriating. Yeah. So much of it. Had no payoff. So much of it was frustrating to watch. And then, like, weirdly, that's not what I remember. Like, I I do remember being infuriated. And if I was to sit down to watch it again, I'm sure I would still be, like, annoyed by some of it. But the stuff that stuck with me, like, I'm left thinking it was an incredible thing that I watched. It was an incredible thing that somebody made. Like, it was a legitimate work of art because the Mm -hmm. stuff that actually affected me was so affected me so hard Mm -hmm. that it like way overshadowed the stuff that like I was infuriated by or I was annoyed by and I feel like that has to be the difference yeah that's probably a good place to stop probably (laughs) join us next time when we talk about Keanu Reeves (laughs) Oh boy! All right.
1: That was that was good. That was good. Any last thoughts?
0: Any on um, stuff? I mean, we didn't talk about, <gasps> you know.
1: I'm sure later I'll yeah. remember something I forgot to say. Well, Quiet Place is good. You qui- should watch it.
0: Quiet Place was really fucking good.
1: Oh, something we didn't really talk about. Well, maybe we did. <clears throat> we talked a little bit about reviews. And yeah. and kind of seek out bit, yeah. information about movies before you watch them. And I prefer to not do that because I just know my mind. And yeah. I know that I hold Ooh, sorry. I'm making noise. <laughs> I know that I hold on to shit and I don't want to yeah. be influenced by someone, especially a complete fucking stranger who I might not even agree with, and yeah. then their idea has poisoned me. So I try to go see, and I'm not saying this is the noble thing to do. People can do whatever they want, but I try to go see movies knowing as little as humanly possible. I still get really excited when I see trailers when we're at the movies. Yeah. I still like watching those when we're there, but I'm, I don't seek them out intentionally. Yeah. I, I don't care about other people's opinions and yeah. I like to be surprised and I like to go Definitely. in as a blank slate.
0: I, I really, like, I try as hard as I can to not, like, read stuff before movies, not read even, like, reviews Liar. before movies. Well, I say I, I, I try as like hard, hard as I can and I, and I fail at it a lot. <laughs> um, and but I do, But what I do often do is, like, especially as a movie, if it's a high profile movie, if it's mm-hmm. coming out, I will avoid stuff before I see it. Yeah. But then when I see it, I will look up stuff about mm-hmm. the movie. Because there is a weird, like, I don't know, there's a part of me that, like, just wants to know what other people think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I guess it's maybe just part of that desire, like, I want to discuss it with people, even though it's not a discussion. I'm not, like, discussing it with people. I just, like, I want to know what other people think. Yeah. Like, I want to know what the consensus is. I like, like, if I hate a movie, if I like a movie, if I love a movie, like, uh-huh. I want to know what, you know... Ooh, what did what did this website think? What did yeah. this website think? Like, what what are what are the, the thoughts on it overall? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know.
1: I just get too bummed out if I look at stuff like <clears> that, <throat> and people are just tearing down something I love or yeah. finding some stupid reason to tell me I'm wrong about things I don't like. Well, yeah, like, that happened just, with uh, it's so infuriating. Last Jedi. People are idiots, and like, I don't care about them. Like
0: Last Jedi came out, and like reviews were okay. And then, like, mm-hmm. the, like, comments and, like, the general consensus mm-hmm. seem to be, everyone hates it. Yeah. hate it. And I'm like.
1: Well, it just bums me out. I loved it. <laughs> I know. Like, it's I not even, like, I'm directly movie. in a fight with a person about it. But yeah. I'm just, like, like I just want to like what I like. Yeah. Or have my own opinions and not yeah. feel bombarded by a bunch of strangers. About it, but I do understand what you mean. Where there, there are some movies where I'm like, I don't want to stop thinking about it. Yeah, I want to see everything I possibly can and consume everything I possibly can about it because I don't want to leave this world yet.
0: Well, and there's there's there have been movies that we have watched like that where like it's it's a movie that we watched that it's been out for a long time that I will then like go online to just like mm-hmm. ty- I'll type in the name and just be like, what did people mm-hmm. think of this movie when it came out? A great example mm-hmm. um, that we saw. Sometime in the last, I don't know, six months was um, Ex Machina. Yeah. I could not stop thinking about that movie for like a solid 24 hours. Like that was a fucking crazy good movie. Yeah. And somehow I missed it. Like it came out years ago. (laughs) Yeah. And somehow completely we missed it. And then we watched it uh, pretty recently. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was shocked at how like good that movie was yeah. and how much I was thinking about it the next day and I was just I just like was typing it in like at work the next day like what did everyone think of this movie yeah. like three years ago <laughs> when well, it came out
1: see I well this is a whole other topic yeah but yeah I love that movie and I feel like I had never even heard of it before I feel like I, no one was talking about it or the people I know yeah. weren't talking about it on Facebook, so then I miss it all.
0: I had, I had like, I that was one of those things where I had weirdly, like, missed it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, I remember it came out. I remember seeing the tr- the poster for it. Never saw mm-hmm. a trailer, ever. But I remember seeing the poster. I'm like, oh, that's interesting looking. And then it was the type of thing where I would hear, or I would just read about it mm-hmm. on a lot of, like, best of, I want to say, like, 2013 Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it was always just like, you know, one of the best movies of whatever year, or like one of the best sci fi movies of the last decade. Yeah. A, a, a lot of things I would read would be would just list that movie. I'm like, oh, I guess this movie's good. I never saw it, I yeah. never heard anything about it, weirdly. But everyone seems to think that it's one of the best movies. The only thing you I know, saw this of it before genre. we watched
1: it was a gif of Oscar Isaac dancing <laughs> that Kelly sent me while I was at work, <laughs> which was
0: an incredible part of that movie. That was. Oscar Isaac was so good in that movie. (laughs) If you haven't seen Ex Machina, you (laughs) should watch that, and then you should watch A Quiet Place. There's some good movies that have come out recently. It follows Get Out. Oh my gosh! Goddamn.
1: Well, maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a Halloween recap in a few months. That's a good
0: idea. This is, I mean, this is why we do this podcast Mm -hmm. because we love movies. Yeah. And some of these movies that come out are just so fucking good.
1: Well, and the main reason I think that we do this podcast is because this is the stuff we bonded over when we first met. Yes. And because we watch a movie and then we, we sit around talk and about it. yell about it for an hour. <laughs> we And then we're like, other people should hear a brilliant thought.
0: Oh my God. That is literally <laughs> exactly what happened tonight. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and with that we should uh wrap this up and uh, I'm not sure what you'll be hearing us talk about next time but whatever it is it is something that we love so yes. uh if you have anything to say to us you can reach us at um just this is 65.com you can find us on Facebook at this is 65 um our podcast is called Movie Club yep. it's part of our larger uh uh umbrella of This Is 65. You can mm-hmm. you can reach us at podcast at dot 65com if you want to send us any emails, mm-hmm. if you want to suggest any movies, if you want to be on the show, uh, mm-hmm. if you have any ideas for stuff to watch. Uh, we definitely need to do some more episodes with guests yes. soon. Uh, but we'll do that. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, thanks for listening and we love you. Bye. Bye.